Hello and welcome to Delightful. I'm your host, Lisa McCrowan. Delightful is where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity to help you follow what delights your heart and live a life you deeply love. Today we are talking about boundaries, a boundary reset right before the holidays I thought would be so helpful for us. I'm talking with clients in therapy and in coaching, and sometimes the holidays can bring up some anxiety, depression, loneliness, anger, frustration, And I don't want to dismiss either that holidays can be fun as well. They can be very enjoyable and nourishing. And so today is about helping us to make sure that the holidays are nourishing for us when we are interacting with other people and this balance between work and taking time out for self and family. So these tips are helpful whether during the holiday season or any time of the year. So much of my work is about setting healthy boundaries, establishing boundaries and maintaining them even when other people don't like our boundaries. And this is at work. This is with family. This is with anything. So this is a totally applicable podcast episode for so many things in our life. Um, So I'm going to share five different ways that you can have a boundary reset. So if you're feeling like maybe you've been giving too much or you've been overextending yourself, um, if you aren't taking care of yourself, you're putting other people first, this is so helpful. And I'm excited to share these five practices with you. Of course, I'll weave in some poetry and I'll share with you practices that I share with leaders, I share with teams at or in organizations, as well as practices that I share with individuals in coaching and therapy. Let's start off with this poem, One Day She Realized. One day she realized that the person she needed to tend to the most was her own self. Even as a mom, a lover, a healer, a friend, she understood that where she needed to put her attention every single day was on her own self-care. So she decided to take charge of her schedule, time, and energy and let the world think what it wanted to. For she knew that by deeply nourishing her own self, she would teach her children how to do the same. She would start a revolution of radical self-honoring with her soul sisters. She would embody her power and ask very clearly for what she needed at home, in her relationships, and in her work. And she would be a powerful source of healing for this world because of her radical commitment to Mm self-compassion. I love that. I love that poem. It sparks some agency, some sense of like, oh, yeah, taking 
care of our own selves, empowering us to nourish ourselves. So how do we do that? How do we have a boundary set? How do we take care of ourselves? How do we reclaim our time, our energy, and devote it to our well-being? The first practice, the first practice in having a boundary reset is to take radical self-responsibility. Radical self-responsibility. So what is radical self-responsibility? It's acknowledging that the actions of others weren't our fault. However, we recognize that how we respond to what is happening or what has happened in life is our responsibility. So our response is our responsibility. How we tend to ourselves with gentleness, kindness, and regard is our responsibility. We don't make that, we don't make our health and well-being and our self-regard anyone else's responsibility. We're not waiting to be rescued. We're taking responsibility for our own healing, our thriving, our rising. Radical self-responsibility and practicing it, it's about taking time out to heal, to get focused and clear, taking time out to, to nourish our inner strength and maybe even our physical strength too, our mental, emotional, psychological strength. And taking radical self-responsibility, practicing. I like to use that word practice, practicing radical self-responsibility. It, we, in doing that, we are, we, another example is calling on the resources that can hold space for us. So if we need to get support for our well-being, we go out and we make that happen. We commit to radical self-regard. We take responsibility for regarding ourselves. So our actions, how we respond to what's happening in life, and how we regard ourselves, we take responsibility for that. And I call it radical because in our culture right now, we play the we play the blame game. We put on to it's it's part of the our culture right now, our society that we blame others and we feel entitled. There's this vibe of we feel entitled to make other people bend to what we need or want. Like that's my parking space. This is my space in line. You, as, as our partner, like you should be doing this for me, X, Y, and Z. You should be helping me with this. You should be doing this for me and you should do, be doing something to make me feel better. Um, now, this isn't to say that we, part of taking radical self-responsibility is naming clearly the issues that are in our environment and in our relationships, seeing clearly, being willing to get real with that, and then taking responsibility only for our own selves, but not putting that on anybody else. Our well-being is not on anybody else. Our choices, how we respond, our well-being, how we are thriving, that is our responsibility. And then communicating our needs. Oh gosh, that's a whole other thing, right? But we, are, we take responsibility for communicating our needs and putting into place the things that we need for our own healing and our well-being. So the first practice in having a boundary re- reset, if we need one right now, 
and if you're listening to this, then then I'd imagine that you do, take radical self-responsibility. Ooh, this, I mean, this is getting real with ourselves. This, again, we're moving out of that cultural norm to, to blame others or to think we're entitled and that the world has to, everyone else has to bend to what we need. This is like, ooh, I am claiming what I'm responsible for and what I'm not responsible for, and I'm not putting my well-being onto anybody else's uh, shoulders. There's so much more we could say with that, but let's let's keep that there. So practicing radical self-responsibility, and I want to emphasize that word practice. We're just practicing this. This is getting real with ourselves and taking back what we are responsible for. Instead of blaming, instead of playing victim or waiting to be rescued, we decide to take responsibility for our well-being. We practice that. A second practice for having a boundary reset in your life right now is to tune into your body. What does your body need right now in this season of your life? Maybe just pause for a moment and just ask that. Actually, let's even just do this together. Let's take a moment if it's safe for you to do so as you're listening. Take a moment and soften or close your eyes if that's available to you right now. And whether you're sitting or lying down, take a moment just to tune inward to the breath. First to the breath, to the breath breathing you in and out. Feel the shape that your body makes as you breathe in and out and how that shape shifts with the inhale and the exhale. And you might take a moment and place your hands over your eyes. Just soften these muscles in the eyes that do so much work all day. Just tune in and notice what's here in your eyes. You might take a moment and cup your hands around your ears and notice the sound of your breath. Bring your attention to the wave, the sound of the wave of your breath for a couple of breaths, maybe three breaths in and out. And then you might place your hands on your heart space. Maybe one hand over the other. And just feel the heart space and notice what's here right now. And in the physical body is what's in your chest. And in this heart space... And then you might move your hands to your belly. You might even give a little bit of a massage to the belly, to the organs in the body, the the sides, maybe around the ribs, around the upper belly, the lower belly. Just tuning into your body. 
we live in a culture, a society that really takes us out of our bodies and out away from the wisdom of our bodies. We often live from the neck up. And here is an opportunity to drop into your body. Safely and gently. And I know sometimes it can be scary to tune into the body because we find where there's discomfort, where there's tension. And what's awesome, though, about this is when we do tune in, even when there's something that's uncomfortable or there's some tightness and a little bit of of hurt or pain, we can then tend to it. We can tend to it. So... When we need a boundary reset, take a little moment and check in with your body. Tune into your body. And in any moment, there's kind of two practices here. In any moment, you can tune into your body. First by softening or closing your eyes. Maybe feeling what you are sitting on or standing on or laying down on. And allowing your body to be supported And then asking yourself, what is my body saying right now? What does it need? And as you feel the breath in and out, and you tune and turn your attention inward. And then every so often in your life, you can just take a moment, a sacred pause, as I call them, a mini sacred pause, And you can ask yourself, what does my body need right now in this season of my life? What does my body need right now in this season of my life? Tuning into our bodies helps us to assess what's happening in our lives. It's from a very grounded, embodied, and present way. It helps us to literally feel the boundary of our body, our physical body. And tuning into that helps us to then set boundaries, emotional and psychological and relational, that are healthy and rooted in true care for you. So if you need a boundary reset right now, one, take radical responsibility, self-responsibility, practice it. Second, tune into your body in any moment. And then as a discernment practice, asking, what does my body need right now in this season of my life? The third practice for a boundary reset. I love this one. Sit before you commit. Sit before you commit. (laughs) So often, I'll, I'll share this story. Years ago, oh my gosh, this is probably... Well, I don't know, maybe over 15 years ago, before I had kiddos, I remember I would get so, somebody would ask me something like at work, or a friend would ask me something, and maybe ask me to do something. Or at work, there'd be like, um, hey, could you end up doing this? Could you, could you do this? Or putting something on to me. And I wouldn't be able to, I knew in the moment that something wasn't right, and I needed to think about it. 
but I would talk. I'd say, okay, or sure, or something way before I really discerned it. And so I, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have some a card in my back pocket that I can pull out a mantra that I can pull out and say in those moments when I'm being asked something and I still need some time to decide if it's right for me, if it's right for my family, for my own self, for my body, emotionally, psychologically, all of that. So I came up with this phrase that I say to people, and and if you know me, I've probably said this before to you, let me sit with that. Let me sit with that. So before I commit to anything, I say that to others. Let me sit with that when someone's asking me something so that I can move I can be away from that moment for a little bit and tune into my body, look at my schedule, and see if answering yes to that would feel vibrant, fun, delightful, if it actually serves me. So often, those of us that are in helping professions, We are all about other people and what they need and how they're doing and and how to help them. And we have to learn, I am still learning this over time to tune into what is it that I want? Does this serve me? Volunteering for this, um, saying yes to this project, saying yes to this client, saying yes to this work opportunity. I discern now, and it sounds for those of us who learned, especially as women, that we need to put others first and we forget about ourselves. This can sound selfish and in a world that would love to keep us preoccupied with tending and really busying ourselves with tending to everyone else. This can be a a hard practice. It can seem selfish, but as I'm approaching 50, that whole like idea that caring for self is selfish is so going out the window, even more, even more so than it has over the, over the years, over this last decade. So sit before you commit and ask yourself, tune into your body, Take radical self-responsibility that like I am responsible for my own wellness and well-being. And then ask yourself, would this feel vibrant, fun, delightful? Does it serve me and my family in some way? Is there a yes there? And you could practice, you could practice saying no. As Anne Lamott said, no is a complete sentence can't. Sorry, can't. I can't. Nope, not possible. You don't have to explain yourself away. You can just say, that's not going to work for me right now. So take radical self-responsibility, tune into your body, sit before you commit. Ooh, already those are awesome practices to help us have a boundary reset, to, to care for ourselves, to have regard for ourselves. The fourth practice that I want to share with you is identify your non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. I love talking to to clients about this one too. What are your non-negotiables? 
have at least one non-negotiable in situations that, that are, that's for your well-being. Check out episode 20, Reclaiming Your Time with Self-Love Non-Negotiables. That is a great podcast episode that's all about setting non-negotiables. Here's an example of non-negotiables related to work. So I get requests all the time. Every week I get several requests for therapy and for coaching and I can't see everyone. One of the things, one of the the non-negotiables that I have is, well, actually two. One is I have a certain limit to the number of clients that I see in a week and that are on my that are on my list of clients. Second, I only see clients while my children are in school, in the hours that my children are in school. I can fill my schedule with clients during those hours. And so if somebody requests a regular meeting outside of those hours, I can't do it. I won't work with them. And even if it's it's a great fit and all those things. So those are some of my non-negotiables that I have around my work. I only see a certain number of clients a week and a certain number of clients per day. I only have a certain number of clients that are on my list of clients. Like my typically in therapy, we call that a caseload. And then I only see clients during um, a certain amount of hours in the day, like while my children are in school. And when it comes to presentations, retreats, and workshops that take me outside of those hours, ooh, I discern those very, very, very carefully. They have to be something that delight me when I tune into my body, when I sit before I commit, and I ask myself, does this serve me? Does this benefit me? Does it delight my heart? Does it feel vibrant and fun and exciting? Because there's always a cost benefit, right? Um, That is this worth my time, attention, and energy? And again, the older I get, the more protective I get with my time. There are some things that you couldn't pay me you, you, you couldn't pay me enough to do. I just won't do them. And so non-negotiables. Know what some of your non-negotiables are. And I know some people might be thinking, well, Lisa, you can you can create that schedule and decide how many people you're going to see or or what, what project, projects you're going to undertake and um, what retreats or, or talks you're going to give. You can decide that because you're in your private practice and you're an entrepreneur and you have your own, you have your own practice. That was all intentional too, because there were some non-negotiables that I was following early on. When I, when I left my position at Georgetown University, my full-time position there, I still do consulting with them. When I left that position, I was following a non-negotiable. The non-negotiable was that I had to have the energy to be present to my young children at the time and my my young family. And I wasn't present doing that way back then, going up to 70 and and driving so much and stuff. I I wasn't present in the way that I wanted to be. So one of the my life non-negotiables was, uh uh-uh, I am not missing out on this time. So it meant carving out my 
own path and going back to having a private practice and starting up more coaching and and being super selective about the work that I do that's outside of those hours. And again, that has meant, meant, meant some trade-offs. Every choice we have comes with trade-offs. Every choice we have comes with, with trade-offs. So the final, the fifth practice for helping you have a boundary reset in your life right now is find your agency. Find your agency. What do I need, mean by agency? So the word control <laughs> is a kind of triggering word. I don't really like to use it that much. Um, the, the kind of control that I talk about with my clients, I use the word agency. Agency is where you do have influence, you do have impact, you have quote unquote control. The things that you can control, the things that you can influence. So I have a question for you that you can ask yourself when you're wanting a boundary reset. In any situation, work, family, relationships, extended family relationships, um, any activity, it's and, and anything that might even be triggering you, there are always givens to every single thing and things that we can't control or influence, like other people's emotions. We can't control those. We, we can't, we're not responsible for them. Um, we can't control other people's actions. When we talk about find your agency, we're looking for and asking yourself this question, what can I do? What can I do? We can often get really stuck in, again, blaming the other person, so not taking radical self-responsibility, blaming the situation, the environment. And again, there are times when we are going to name the truth about the environment, the relationship, but it's always then in service of us then taking responsibility for our well-being and deciding to take action based on what can I do? What can I do within this given situation? We can get really stuck in blaming, in the the trauma vortex. Here I'm going a little bit somatic experiencing. The trauma vortex of what we can't do, what I can't, can't, can't. We want to orient our attention toward what we can do. This This empowers us. It fuels us to take responsibility for those things that we that are in our influence and for our well-being. And rather than waiting for anyone to rescue us or to make the situation all better, we are doing what we can, what is within our agency, to shift things. So in any situation, work, home, relationships, Move out of the storyline for a moment of who's doing what and what's happening and tune into, okay, given these things, what can I do? So those are five practices for having a boundary set. One, take radical self-responsibility. Two, tune into your body. Three, sit before you commit. Four, identify your non-negotiables. And then five, find your agency. Find your agency. 
So I would love, so love to hear from you. Which one of these resonates with you? Which ones you're practicing? Which ones serve you over the next couple of weeks? It'd be so exciting for me. I just, I light up. I light up thinking about that. It delights my heart to think about you listening to this, whoever is listening right now, that you are making choices that are serving your well-being so that you feel more free, lighter, more empowered. You're dropping into your fire. You're, you're rooted in your truth. And you're claiming your life as your own. So let me know. Share with me what's resonating with you and which, what you're practicing right now. So I'm, I so hope that this serves you over the next weeks as we go into the holidays. If you're listening to this when I'm, when it's published at the time that it's published, and if you're listening to this at another time, oh my gosh, these are things that I talk about to be with people all the time in different groups. I talk about because they're useful for us at any time in our lives and in any relationship, home, work, so personal, professional life. And so I hope that these nourish you and support you in claiming your life as your own and leading a life that you deeply love and dropping into and making choices about what delights your heart. If you enjoyed this episode today, I would so love it if you left a review on the platform that you listen to this podcast on and a rating. I've been getting some five-star ratings. I think they're all five-star on Apple right now. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Your feedback has been wonderful. I read every single uh, review and I'm so grateful for that. Also too, if you'd like to support this podcast, because let me tell you, it takes a lot of time and effort and thought and heart uh, that I put into this. If you'd like to support me in this podcast, I'd be so grateful You can do that through buy me a coffee and I will share the link in the show notes and you can do a one-time donation. You could do a a monthly or reoccurring donation and you become part of my delightful divas. Anybody can be a diva. (laughs) Anybody can become a delightful diva. I'd love to have you and I often create extra things for, um, for those people that have contributed and supported. Also, too, if you just want to shoot me an email that says like, hey, I really enjoyed X, Y, and Z, or I'm really practicing this this one thing right now. That's awesome. That's encouraging to me. My love language is words of affirmation. And so it's just always nice to, to hear from folks what's working. I got an email, actually, I think it was last night, just recently, that's uh, from someone who, a listener who said she was listening to, oh goodness, I forgot which episode it is right now, but she was she was hearing about the hand on heart practice. And she said that that is so soothing and nourishing to her. And some of the words that I had suggested when you put your hand on your heart uh, that you can say to yourself. And so it was awesome just to hear that and that uh, she was combining it with something that her mom had told her a long time ago. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So it's just good to know those things. Uh, also, you can... If you are listening to this and you aren't part of my on my email list, you can get on my email list and you will get your Soul Care Starter Kit. Uh, I share practices in there, talk about boundaries that are body-based, neuroscience-based. You'll get that when you sign up. And then right now I'm on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram 
every couple of days. And so if you're looking for inspiration in between episodes, you can find that there as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, may you be delighted.